When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast with Mark Allred, Court Lalonde, and Rob Tomlin. You can subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Player.fm, SoundCloud.com, and Stitcher Radio. You can support the show financially by going to blackandgoldhockey.com and clicking on the fanatics.com banner before shopping online. You can also purchase exclusive Black and Gold Hockey podcast merchandise in the official B&G shop. And now, time to start the Bruins Hockey Talk from three different countries. Enjoy the show! Everyone's fans, welcome back for episode 118 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. We're recording on February 24th, 2019. This is the Bruins Black and Gold Trade uh, Special, we'll call it. Um, and this is uh, in partnership with SeatGiant.com. Uh, please go to SeatGiant.com for all your ticket needs. Put in promo code BNGP to save yourself a little money. Folks, Red Sox are coming up. I don't, I'm not a baseball fan, but... Hey, you need Red Sox tickets, this is the place to go. You need Bruins tickets for the final games of the season and playoffs, that's the place to go. You need football tickets for the for the fall, that's the place to go. Put in BNGP discount code, save yourself a little cash. Um, I feel so dirty now. I know, me too, me too. You but you know, about the Red Sox, might as well start talking about the Patriots. I know, I know, but you know, for promotion reasons and a little I cash. I get it, I get it, I'm just trying to have fun with it. Um, and speaking of the fun that we're going to have today, because I can almost guarantee that we might even lose a little bit of listeners, which I hope we don't, but I have a very special guest that's joining Rob and, um, and Court. His name is Matt Castle. You can follow him at, on Twitter at Matt underscore Castle 22. He's the Boston Bruins reporter for BruinsDaily.com with featured columns on Boston.com. And he's a graduate of Penn State as a journalism major. 
Matt, what's going on, man? How's it going? Great to uh, finally be on the show. Yeah, right. It's it's, uh, it's good that we we got together and got some time, and you had a day off that we could make this happen. And and I'm really uh, stoked that it's uh, the day before the trade deadline, so we have a ton of topics to go over, and we we look forward to your insight because you do cover the team on the regular from the ninth floor and in the Bruins locker room. So super stoked to have you, and uh, hope you have a little bit of fun with us. Absolutely. Uh, let's just get going. Um, last week's games, uh, they, they play. They had three games on the road, and they finished up yesterday, uh, which was Saturday, the 23rd, against St. Louis. So, I mean, the overall five-game road trip, I thought, was very impressive for a team that has struggled on the road, I mean, hovering right around 500. Um, but then they go out and play Anaheim, L.A., and then they come into the week uh, playing San Jose on Monday, uh, big overtime win, lots of goal scoring on that one. Uh, and then on Wednesday, they go into Las Vegas and they win in a shootout, uh, David Backus winner. And then have two days off and then wrap up the week and the five-gamer uh, with a three, uh, sorry, two-to-one shootout loss to the St. Louis Blues. So nine points, could have gotten 10 points on a road trip. I, I, I'm pretty thankful for what I saw. Yeah, you can't complain at the one point loss like they I think they said last night on the broadcast that it'd be the first time since 2011 that they got all 10 points from a five game road trip so the fact that they got nine is just unreal what happened in 2011 uh, they, <laughs> they won all games on the west coast road trip I think yeah, it was I know, and then they ended up winning that thing oh yeah that that thing that thing from England. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just putting it out there. In case you didn't realize. That's funny. <laughs> no, it was, it was, uh, it was fantastic to see. Um, they played good, uh, they played good hockey. And as Bruce said, after the game, um, he was happy with it. He's like, you know, I would have loved to come away with two points in the game, but to come away with a, a, a shootout loss, I'll take it. Especially with, you know, They've uh, normally not done uh, too favorably on this Western Road swing. So, you know, and they played some tough teams in Las Vegas and, and San Jose Sharks. Uh, Tuca played well. Halak played well. Uh, the defense played well. I, there's not much you can say that's terrible. You know, I, I know everybody's going to do the usual, um, like fan base wise, is going to do the usual complaint about who gets to go in a shootout. But uh, just to let everybody know, who cares? Um, you know, everybody complained that Bergeron was not in the shootout. He went in, and no offense, Bergie, but, you know, he showed why he shouldn't be in a shootout. And DeBrus, you know, it doesn't matter who it is. Marshawn couldn't even get a shot off. Like, it is what it is. It's a shootout. They're not going to practice it in practice because who cares? Yeah, just to piggyback of what you guys were saying, this was a statement road trip for me personally. Going into it, the Bruins – they're still battling with Montreal and Toronto for position in the Atlantic. And then they just came out five games. They were in all of them. They won four of them. Could have won five. Um, but this this just shows that they could play with pretty much anyone in the league. I know Anaheim and L.A. aren't that great, but that San Jose game was incredible. I think it was one of the better games of the year. Um, and for them to go into a hostile environment and win – was huge so overall pretty great road trip now they have i think six home games in a row coming up so 
if they can put some distance between themselves and Toronto, that'll be huge. Yeah. And LA and Anaheim, uh, because they're out of the playoff picture, they just play a heavy game. And to be honest, I was pretty surprised that no one got hurt during them games because they got a bit feisty. But yeah. I, I, I just look at what's happened in the last couple of weeks. They beat the Washington Capitals and the San Jose Sharks, two teams that I think we can all say are heavy Stanley Cup contenders. Yeah. You know, they didn't they're not they're not losing it's not like last year and the in the years before where they were losing games that they should be winning. They're winning those games. They're 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 beating the teams that people don't think they're gonna win. I think we all talked about it on this podcast. We're like, this is not gonna be a good road trip. Yeah, I was a little worried myself. Um, yeah, just I because of that road record and and hovering around five hundred and, and the exceptional and no home. Pasta. Right, exactly. Your biggest offensive weapon is now off the team, and it's like, okay, we're going to go down a level. Let's see if this this next guy, you know, comes in and, and does his job kind of mentality that we've been going through the past couple of years. Um, and, and but it's been working. I mean, the committee has all come together to you know to to do what it's needed in the absence of a superstar like that. So getting him back, and and. Hopefully soon. I know he's being reevaluate reevaluated sometime this week, I believe. When, Matt, when is Matt, that yeah. They said three weeks from when that happened, so it should be two Tuesday? weeks now, I think. Okay. Yeah, I thought they said two weeks he's going to get reevaluated, but that's what I thought been... too. So getting yeah, in, I, I, it's going to be interesting to see the severity of it because. I don't know if he's going to be back right away, even if they do like reevaluate him. Yeah, I planned my trip to Boston around. I was originally going to come this week because they got the the Thursday Saturday game, and yeah. then when he got hurt, I'm like, eh, wait. So I'm not coming to the Florida game at the very end of the month. I'm like, eh, I want to see a full team because I usually come to Boston right after the trade deadline so that I can see the new team, check them out. What game are you coming to? The Florida Panther game. Oh, the thirtieth. Yeah, the thirtieth. Oh, okay. I thought you. Oh. Pass will be back. Pass will be back. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, I see. It, it was funny because Sweeney said what he said, and I'm sure Matt, you were probably in this scrum when, and uh, Bruce, who doesn't hold punches and always gives the honest answer, was like, "I expect him back for the playoffs." That's all I know. He didn't yeah. say I expect him back in two weeks or any of the reevaluation. Just says I expect him back for the playoffs. So my guess is, as long as the team's playing well, they'll let him sit out as long as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving forward to the upcoming schedule, uh, there's two games, uh, th- sorry, three games this week, and it is Tuesday the 26th uh, against the San Jose Sharks at TD Garden, then Thursday the 28th at home again against Tampa Bay Lightning. Those two games are not going to be easy, but uh, you know they, w- the Bruins have a uh, a 21-7-3 record. I think they're going to do okay. And then to round off the week, they play the New Jersey Devils, which are way out of it. And, and hopefully that's a win. Don't play down to your don't, to their level and get those two points. Um, but it, overall, it should be an exciting week. A lot of home action. And like Matt said, uh, these are the first three games this week of a six-game homestand. And then it's just like all over the board for the rest of the month. It's like there's a lot of road games against a lot of very good teams. Uh, just to mention Pittsburgh, Columbus, Winnipeg, the Islanders, uh, Tampa, Tampa. You know, I mean, it is. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be tough, but it's gonna be. 
it's really going to set the tone of where this Bruins fan base and, and Bruins nation are really going to see how they're going to match up in the playoffs when the, when the season ends in, in, uh, in April. So I'm looking forward to it. And for the people, like if they lose to San Jose on, on the 26th, it's not the end of the world. They are one of the best teams in the league. They just had a extremely long road trip. I'm sure every player, I'm sure they all they did was get out of that dressing room as quickly as possible and hop on the plane to go home last night. But uh, let, let's let's you know temper our expectations against San Jose. I just I just see this game after this long road trip that you might get a letdown in the first period. You know, I'm sure Matt's seen a many many letdowns this year in the first period. Yeah, this is a heck of a way to start a, a homestand with San Jose and Tampa Bay. The oh. schedule doesn't really do them any favors, but like you guys said, it'll be interesting to see. Um, that San Jose game out uh, out west was unreal. So if we get a rematch of that anywhere close to where that was, that'll be exciting. But I think Tampa Bay is what I've got my eyes on just because they're like – they're so far ahead of every single team in the NHL. It's like kind of stupid at this point. And I want to see the Bruins are kind of peaking at like the right time, like similar to last year. They're yep. really churning out uh, games here. So they're playing the right way. And I want to see how that will stack up with the, the league's best team in Tampa Bay. So if Matt, Bruins... now question for you, do you, would you, you start Halak against San Jose and you throw in, Rask against uh, Tampa? I think so. Tuca's been out of his mind lately. Oh, he was the only reason that they had a chance in hell at winning the last game. Yeah, absolutely. He was oh. a monster in overtime. Oh, was he? Like, and like, he made saves I couldn't believe. I haven't seen him make saves like that since uh, 2012. He's really turning it on, too. That save out, um, I think they were playing L.A. where he did the double, like, stack the pad, like, Barrel roll. That was so Grant Fuhrer. The windmill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was against LA. Yeah. That, against that was, was the last name I can't say. That was my move of choice when I was in that, but it never seemed to work. So. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, Rob, before we move on, your thoughts on the upcoming schedule real quick. Uh, it's a difficult one, but if they can come away with points in both games, take them to the limit, then it shows good for the playoffs. I think that's what they need to to aim for with this. At least take it to overtime. Try your best to maybe get a goal, try shut them down a bit. I mean, that last game, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko has been absolutely insanely hot recently. Didn't get a shot off. Like Their line didn't get a shot off when Bergeron was on the ice. So oh, B- I think, Bambi, was, Bambi was helping too. Yeah, and I think the aim to do that again this game and just try and shut down that first line. Uh, the only problem with teams like Tampa and San Jose is they've got so much depth that it's very hard to shut that down. But, well, Carlson's out now, too, for San yeah. Jose. But then you've still got, like, Sergachev, Burns, McDonough. Like, it, it's unreal the teams we're playing against. But, I, like I said, I hope they can just get like one point from each game. That's that's what I think they should do. Ex- uh, there was great expectations, and uh, definitely hope it happens. Um, so let's let's get let's get this through the uh, through the wickets here. 
Uh, the Bruins made a trade. We have a trade to announce. And for those of you in the building, you'll be particularly interested. That's right, Gary Bettman. They did, and I don't like it. Um, anyway, the Bruins traded Ryan Donato and a, um, a fifth-round conditional pick to the Minnesota Wild for, um, I keep wanting to call him Joey Coyle because of that movie, um, Charlie. Charlie Coyle. Thank you. So um, I, why don't you got, Rob, why don't you start off with this because you're a big Coyle fan, and you've actually been saying this for a while on how his addition could be important to this Bruins team. And then we'll go through, and then we'll get to my rant at the end because I'm, I've been doing a lot of research on this, so I'm ready. So the Bruins third line seems to have been playing the good old power forward, get to the net, every player playing the same role kind of thing all season. It's not worked out. And you bring in a guy like Charlie Coyle, and yeah, he hasn't really played centre role too much in Minnesota, but when you look at their centre depth, you got Miko Koivu, who's out at the moment, um, Granlund, uh, who else is there? Eric Stahl. So you look at a guy like Coyle, he's not going to play the fourth line centre position, so he's been playing wing quite a lot. Um, but he's that guy that they needed. Look at him last game, uh, protecting the puck. He did, what, like two laps of the offensive zone holding the puck against a very good team in the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, if um, actually put the puck on net, I think it would have been a scoring chance. Yeah, I mean... The guy was, every time they got in the zone, he just went straight to the front of the net. If the puck went into the corners, he went into the corners. And the best thing is, it allows... Um, <coughs> oh my God, I've gone blank on his name. David Backus. It allows David Backus to play more of his style of game where he roams the offensive zone. He's not the guy anymore that goes into the boards and does the heavy work. If you can allow him to roam like last night, he gets his scoring chances. And, I mean, bar that incredible glove save, he scores there. And you don't go to overtime, you win the game. So, it, Coyle brings so many things to the Bruins. I think he won over 50% of his face-offs last night. Um, just that third line's never played more this season. Like, they were yeah, out I, there I, they were constantly. Time. Yeah. Every time they got a chance, every time the Bruins had an offensive zone draw, it seemed to be that third line that got chucked out there. Um, they were just unreal last night. And I know that's one game sample size, but that's what you're getting from Charlie Coyle. That's what you expect. He's going to go to the net. He's going to hit people. He, he's going to protect the puck. And I reckon on a team like this, he can put goals. He can put the puck in the back of the net, score goals, get assists. He's just dangerous, and that's what they needed for that third-line centre because whoever you've put in there this season, it just hasn't worked out whatsoever. Yeah, and I know I was one of those people that didn't want it, didn't want the trade to happen. I just, I, I was more of the, Jesus, every time they have to have a, a, a trade involving the uh, Boston Bruins, it has to be a, uh, a guy from Boston. But 
it, it's only been one game, so I'm not uh, going to give my total opinion on him. I thought he played great. I'm looking at it. He uh, he was up there in minutes. He got 15 minutes in the game. Back has played 13 minutes. I think that's the most he's played all season, to be totally honest, in a game. I, I, I'll have to double check, but I don't remember him playing that many minutes. Um, Kalharic got a little uh, put down because I was noticing the uh, every now and then they double-shifted Marshan and put him out on that line. Um, Coyle played well. He was good on his draws. and When you think about it, Bergeron was actually uh, having some struggles with his draws last game. I will give him, I'm going to give him five games. But as of right now, he looked good. He looked like he fit in. You know, the goal against that he had when he was out there, that was all Uncle Herrick's terrible pass. Uh, he gave away the puck when uh, Bacchus and Coyle thought the puck, the play was moving forward. And the defense were changing. Otherwise, St. Louis doesn't even score the goal. So, I don't know. We'll see. I, I didn't like the trade at first, but I'm not I'm not caring that we lost Donato, that's for sure. No. So Matt, wait. I have more of a mixed, a mixed of emotions about this. So, right off the bat, it definitely makes the Bruins better right now because, well, one, Donato was playing in Providence, so he wasn't even on the team. Um, and they needed an upgrade at third-line center. Frederick, JFK... They just they didn't have that it factor that you're looking for. So right off the uh, Charlie Coyle, or Charlie Coyle, if you want to say, it, <laughs> like you got to do it in the Bacchus because the ba- I think Bacchus, the non Bruin, the non Bostonian, has the best accent in that video. Yeah, he'll have to uh, update that with a Charlie Coyle version. Um, but regardless, he was definitely an upgrade right off the bat. He was strong on the puck, like you guys were saying, um, but. On the flip side, I'm a I'm a Donato guy. I think that in a couple of years, he's gonna knowing our luck, specifically because he's traded from the Bruins. Donato's gonna blossom into something like fantastic, and it's gonna come back to bite us in the butt. But right now, it's gonna make us a lot better. I just hope Donato isn't like filthy in a couple of years. Now, my only question about the whole Donato thing, so where do you think, because he didn't fit in, like, it's not like Butch didn't try and put him out there, and he said in an interview, like, he liked the kid. I I know from talking to some people back when the Leafs were in town, they liked him then. I just think it was more of a, like you said before, it makes the team good, you do the deal, and you have to worry about the consequences later. But my whole thing with Donato is he's so... Not strong on the puck is the way I'm going to word it. Yeah. Um, he didn't come to camp bigger than he did the year before. Um, like uh, his counterpart, JFK, another guy that, you know, got sent back down. Um, he didn't show to me, if I'm watching the, you know, non, non-reporter, non just a fan, he didn't show me anything that he wanted to be here. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things that he has to work on was A, get stronger, and B, he didn't have that, like, kind of crazy athleticism that like he could like used in like college like the game just got like way bigger and faster like Mm -hmm. if you get that guy in open space he's shown that he can absolutely fire with the best of them he's got a great but he just like i don't know i don't know if it was like mental with them in the second year uh or first full season this is is ryan denial's first full season as an nhl player so like that's one thing I don't know. I, I think we gave up on him a little too soon is the only thing. Like I said, he came into the Bruins 
last year and what he had like nine points in 12 games like and he looked like he just had that like Hobie Baker thing about him like he, he just had that mojo that carried over from college and like oh my god Ryan Donato he's gonna be like a key component of this team for a while then this year happened not on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> he did not we were all like come on people calm down <laughs> but I think a there was ex- expectations set early for him going into his first full season and then he, like you said, didn't really come in bigger, stronger, faster. He didn't take that leap that we were all expecting. And then once you get sent down to Providence, I think it really got into his head. And also, he didn't fit the the Bruce Cassidy mold of, like, you got to play just as good a defense as you do offense if you want to make it on this team. And well, that's, that's like the Boston Ruins mold, not just, not just Butch. I know, but that's like... Donato's an offensive guy, and I think he didn't get as many minutes. Well, the third line, like you, guys he, no, he he needs to be on the second line. Minutes, yeah. But uh, it, it, here's here's an example. Pasta was a perfect example of a guy that was lightweight, offensive minded. What did he do? Work. He busted his butt. Yep. Yeah. He worked on his defensive game. He stayed in Boston for the summer. He busted his butt. I think this is this is weird, but I I, I look back to the Winter Classic. Who was the one guy in the picture that looked like he didn't get the memo? <laughs> yeah. Ryan Donato. Yeah. He, he was the one guy. And here's another example. When I I I I was on the road and the I went to the, the Bruins Hotel this year and I was visiting a friend and I watched the guys going in and out of the hotel and I, I said to Mark and Rob off the air, I was like, Oh, you can tell who gets along with who and, and where the clicks are. Yeah. Ryan Donato walked in and out by himself to go for lunch at lunch by himself he didn't walk out with anybody and i'll tell you this, this i'll tell you what this I... team is a lot about like think about it the, what they did for coil when he got traded what Bar, uh, bergeron and um Chara. Chara did was unbelievable they called him and said come meet us in vegas no just meet us in st louis meet us in vegas they wanted to bring him being part of this team mm-hmm. well, and they're I... big into that and then what I... donato does walking out the door i'm sorry to me Regardless of what he does in Minnesota, he broke the code, and he's done. Like guys are not gonna. Some people are not gonna trust him anymore. I think with the Donato side of things, the guy's an RFA this year. Does he really want a two-way contract? Probably not. So you look at it, and are you gonna pay him, or are you gonna trade for a guy like Coyle who's got two years, like he's got next year as well? And you know what you're paying him. Like, I I would rather do that and know what I've got going into next season. Well, as Matt said, Donato's in Providence and we need a third-line center. So the trade yeah. makes sense and it makes the team better. Yeah, but it well, also it makes could, sense It could, it could come back well. to bite us. I, I know somebody put out a tweet of, uh, you know, they, they did cherry-pick. I'm not going to mention the person's name, but they definitely cherry-picked. They picked, like, five people. They were like, these are the guys under 25 the Bruins have traded. I'm like, well, where's the list of the under 25 guys that played over five seasons with this hockey club? Mm. I know they, that list they that cher- you're talking they about. They cherry-picked the living daylights out of it. I was like, yeah, well. Because... And the best part was they put Kessel and Sagan on the same list. I'm like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, um, but they also put Wheeler on there. Yeah. It, and Wheeler, Wheeler was a guy that didn't even get drafted by us, chose to came here, and yeah. then got traded out for a part that actually brought us a Stanley Cup. And what Evan Coyle does, I, I I get I get the whole Donato thing, and I get the yeah. fact you know he's got the pedigree because he's the Bruins guy, 
But maybe there's more to this story, and a guy like Matt could maybe find out. Maybe there's more to this story because, like I said, he he didn't hang out with the team when I saw him. He looked like he didn't get the memo, and he walks out the door, and the first thing he does is throw his coach under the bus, who's a player's coach, and it seems that everybody likes him. So to me, he looks like a whiny baby. He looks like I, Spooner, and look what's happened to Spooner since he yeah. complained about Julian. Guy's just He's on his third hockey club in a year, fourth in two years. When do the Bruins play Minnesota? Because um, we haven't played. I got the schedule. Keep going. Every, we haven't pre- played every game against them this season. I don't think. Like I would love to see what happens when Donato's on that team and the Bruins roll into town. <laughs> because if it's if there is a bit of nasty there, that means that it's something to do with Donato. I'm not saying there's nasty. I'm just more. No, the, no, but I mean, you can it, see like. And I'm sure Matt can see it too. Matt, you can tell who the guys are friends with. Absolutely. And you can tell like the, like I saw the biggest click is the Marshan, Pasta, Achari, even Bacchus is part of that click. Like Mm -hmm. you can see it. Like JFK was a bit of a loner. I noticed. I was at the hotel for a couple hours. He, he went and, he went and sat down at the bar and did homework. It looked like. So that's just Europeans for you. (laughs) No, I'll tell you that for all that with them. Rob, uh, April fourth, and it's yes. on. It's on the road. Well, I'm telling you now, if there's a little tiny bit of nasty there, second last game of the year, they've called. He's called out a player's coach who is loved <laughs> by pretty much every player in this organization. You call out the coach like that, and if there's a little bit of nasty there, I'm telling you, there's something. Now, Matt, do you agree with that? That he's a player's coach, and the guys like him. You get to talk to the players. We don't. Yeah, I, I think everyone loves Bruce Cassidy. I, I think because he's so on, like you were saying before, he doesn't really – he's a straight shooter with everyone, even like the media. If like you're playing bad, he's going to let you know. He's going to be the first guy to let you know. And I think that resonates with the guys. And I think they're having success with this system. Winning cures a lot of things, and it's done a lot for for Bruce Cassidy, he's been super successful so far in his stint here, and I think the guys really like him. So, um, yeah, I don't Donato calling him out. That's a tough look. I think he. I don't know. Do you think he was misquoted? His head, but I, I don't know how you can almost misquote that, but it's possible. Maybe the reporter. Maybe it's Russo. I think Mike Russo out of Minnesota. Yeah, from the Athletic. I think this he's is the one who put it out there. This is what he maybe said. He didn't, maybe he didn't mean to get it out there. This is what he said in Mike Russo's tweet, and this is from the Athletic Minnesota. Donato, they just said, go and play. And that's when I think I'm at my best, when coaches have the confidence in me and they let me play. It's been a while since the coaches have had a lot of confidence in me to play in all situations. Which I think is crazy since Butch put him on the power play, and to me that's huge. Well, that's, was, that's a big Donato situation. <laughs> like, that's huge. Yeah. You don't just put anybody on the power play. All right. I will say this. Um, Sorry. Yeah. Um, Donato, I think what he's referencing is the fact that whenever he was on Boston, for the most part, he was largely playing on the – and they never played. Like, Donato would get, like, a shift or two per period. Like, that third line always, like, was last in, like, terms of playing time. And for a young player like a Donato that needs experience and stuff, 
like playing time is huge that's everything and he would end up like with like eight minutes on the ice per game and that like like probably rubbed on the wrong way so i think that's probably where he's going with the, the confidence factor um i also think he's probably a little frustrated too so passion talent development ncaa hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90 percent rate Nick Bukestad. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! David Backus. And Zach Parisi were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! All right, let me let me get to my my rant. I'm, I will promise I'm not going to make this long, but I'm a numbers guy, and I I think that when you when you and, and I'm not a professional, and I'm not in the room, and I'm not Don Sweeney, so I'm just trying to think as a fan and where minds are going. Um, all of his points this season have been with Minnesota. Obviously, that shootout goal that he got uh, last night in uh, against St. Louis does not count. So he's got ten goals, eighteen assists, and twenty eight points in sixty one games played. Uh, he's got six points, three goals, three assists in his last 20 games. Um, he's got no points. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Here's my thing. I just don't understand why Don Sweeney didn't add a little. I'm not, I'm not mad that they, we lost Donato. I think if you're going to put, if you think if you're going to make any significant move within any of these NHL teams, I think that he's pretty much on top of the list of a lot of teams that are going to want that to come back so it's regardless i don't i don't care where he goes and blah 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 solid player and i look forward to his future but it's obviously going to be with another team i just think that there were more availability to look elsewhere in the league to address that third line center and especially one that is hot look for a player that is on a streak we need to get secondary scoring solved this move to me in my opinion was nothing like that you, you address certain needs in areas. My opinion is the guy is 6'3", he's 220 pounds, and he's from Weymouth, Massachusetts. Those two scenarios right there, in my opinion, are the only factors why he's here. He's a big body. He hits. He addresses the ever need of this Bruins nation of toughness. And I'm not saying fighting. I'm saying hitting, following through your checks, and doing what you need to do. I want to see point production. This guy is just, I don't, I don't get it. I just, I know that there's other players out there, and I wish I did a little more homework on who was available and who could yeah, go for this. That's my first question to you. Who is that guy? Uh, you know, I'm not going to get all into that because I just don't have time, but there are other options out there. I mean, the guy hasn't freaking scored a goal, and you want, and, and everybody's like pretty much saying that this is the guy that we need. He's going to be a goal scorer. Well, if he didn't do it in Minnesota, what expects everybody that he's going to do it here? What you did is you made a trade on expectations. You traded Ryan Donato to make sure that he can succeed somewhere else in the NHL, and you brought back a player that could, air quotes, could have a great career with the rest of the season and one more remaining year next year in Charlie Coyle. 
I'm just not getting it. From what I've understood, and from Elliot Friedman on, on 31 Thoughts about this trade, he's got self-confidence issues, which means to me, not a psychologist, never went to school for it, but that tells me if you're in a slump, it's, you're taking it really hard. Hard enough to the point that you are physically not producing to the, your complete availability. So, what else? Oh, and why did Charlie Coyle get traded? Why did Minnesota just let him go if he was such a great player and a key piece? Uh, I'm, I'm all curious on all of this. There's something, Nick Kiprio said this on um, uh, Hockey Central at noon, great podcast, I, I highly suggest it. He said that he believes that there's something else going on. And, and looking into it and, and injuries and so on, I did a little homework on this. I mean, the guy had double wrist surgery not too long ago. I mean, I'm not faulting him for what his injuries and what happened, but these all play huge effects into making decisions that I just don't understand what direction they're going in. So that's just me, and I'm done. Okay, so I listened to the same, because you know, because I was the one who put it out there, and I told you to get on this and listen to it. I'm sorry, Rob, just... Just got a, one counterpoint because everybody's got their own opinion and it is what it is. I didn't like the trade to begin with. He played well. My only thing is, and this is what I think everybody's got to chill out on, just my only point is, he's a third-line center. We're acting like he's a second-line or a third-line. His job out there is to win face-offs and try and get people in key positions to score points. If it doesn't, he doesn't. But as long as they don't score against him, I'm good with it. He's a third-line center. Yeah. The only thing is, I think, I think they traded him because they have so much, like center depth. Like I said before, they've got like four NHL ready centermen that are good enough to play second line. And Charlie Coyle is a centerman. He doesn't fit on the wing. Like they've tried him all season on the wing, next to Miko Koivu and who was on his left. I think it was Zach Parise. I mean, I I just think that that is a case of the guy isn't needed there anymore because of the centre depth. They wanted to bring in a scoring winger. I mean, the fifth round pick is what it is. It's just a fifth round pick. But if you look at what other guys have been going for, I mean, like there's guys who have put up the same similar points to him and they're going for two seconds. Hey, like, does anybody know the condition on that fifth round pick too? Because I know it. If yeah, they, if they make if they make it past the second round, it becomes a fourth round pick. Oh, Jesus! Like that's not that bad though. It moves up to a fourth. Right. Like it, I'm just happy keep, they finally You keep moved. your first. You keep your second. You keep your third. Like if if he is looking at it, they've addressed the need at third line center. And kept assets to make a move for a bigger person. Valid point, Rob. I, I can definitely agree with that. Yeah, and the guy fits what they needed. Every centre that has come up this season, bar Frederick, has not been strong on the puck and not been strong enough to hold off any NHL defenseman, especially in front of the net. And so Frederick didn't put up points. Oh, I know, That's but did you see needed. his face-off numbers, though? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah he did you see Coils last night? Yeah. Coyle did it amazing. Yeah. He was best on the team in faceoffs last night. Bergeron was three for nine. Right. He's got to be at least 60% last night. He was over. Yeah, he was actually. He was exactly 60% last night. There you go. Like, that's what they need. They need a guy who wins faceoffs. 
goes to the net and screens the goalie. On the third line, that is what you need from your third line center. And if you think about it, all the highlights from last night, and I'm not, like I said, I'm still going to give him five games. The only highlights we talked about were Bacchus getting robbed. Who get who who get who who made that chance possible? Coyle. And then we talked about Grismas in the net because Coyle made a great play to keep the puck in and then go around the other side. He was generating offense last night. Yeah. Yeah, and definitely. He's already said they're going to throw. I'm not saying that's what his job is. I'm just saying let's give the guy a chance because I am not in the camp anymore of keeping all these kids because I'm I'm in the camp of I am freaking tired of the Bruins and everybody in the world thinking all these kids can play up. I wasn't impressed at all with Trent Frederick. I didn't think he was ready. I think he needed to stay in Providence, and I think that's where he should be for the rest of the year. He wasn't, to me, and this is just my opinion, wasn't that good. I thought Klaherick should have been up here the whole year, and he's, he's he earned it. He made a full, uh, full paw last night, but he's good. But JFK, I'm okay with him trading him. I don't think he is even going to be ever anything in the NHL. But and the, and also, there's a lot of maybes around these players. Like maybe Donato becomes amazing and great. Maybe he doesn't even put up half the numbers that Charlie Charlie Coyle has over his se- like seasons. Like there's a lot of maybes with. Um, I think we lost Rob. Aww, he's on. He's on. He's on a good. I rant. mean, there's a lot of maybe. Oh, we're losing him. Um, I get it. I get your 26. point. And I get, I, I, I get your point, Mark. I get it. Yeah, I just, it just, it's frustration. Please be smarter. You know what I mean? I've been a Don Sweeney guy for a long time, and I, I, I'm pretty much like, you know, stuck up for him when people just basically trash on him. And I've done it, you know, several times myself. It's just, come on, you, you know, the idea is put the puck on the net. I understand everybody plays a role, but let's get some role players that actually score. So. Um, let's just move along because we're running out of time here. Uh, we do have a, a long agenda to get to. Um, I told you it should have just been trades. I know. Um, <laughs> uh, I want to get to the David Backus and uh, Bruce Cassidy uh, outside of the rank. Uh, I think it was either a bar or a coffee shop that they went to and, and really hashed out their, their differences and, and, and got more uh, communication in, into, their, into their lives as, as coach and player. Um, but Obviously, David just wasn't happy. I'm guess I'm guessing it's, it's his minutes that he's been given because obviously his minutes have improved in the past couple of games, uh, especially like when Court said that he he had um, high higher minutes in the uh, Vegas game and the St. Louis game. So this all yeah, might I've never seen him play that much. This might be something that you know. Hey, you know, we need to communicate better, break the ice, and and talk. But um. I just want to I want to read about this and then we can talk around. But this is what Backus said. He said it was, and this is uh, from the Athletics Joe McDonald article. I, I highly suggest you check it out. Um, it was long overdue. Backus said that uh, sitting down, it was, hey, we both done this a long time, so let's get let's go and sit down and have an adult beverage, clear the air, put our thoughts on the table, and maybe we're in a better spot and better for it afterwards. I give him. Tons of credit for doing that, and it helped me clear my head and get some stuff off my chest. He was able to clarify some stuff for me. And Cassidy comes back in the article and says, sometimes those conversations just evolve easier when you're, uh, when, when you're equals. Cass, um, we have a good result Wednesday in Vegas. 
Uh, you just hope that you can come out of it. Both the player and the coach are in a better place. Uh, the worst that can happen is, you know, you hope that you're at least uh, you're open the door to communications in a different way, and hopefully uh, the player respects you in trying to do that. I, I really need to get my new glasses. So, um, thoughts? Um, I just think it's a case of he, he's been sat recently, and I think it's a case of he wanted to know what it is they actually wanted to work on. Like, because if you sit a player, it's because they need to understand, especially a veteran, like they need to see the play and understand what they actually should be doing because they're doing something wrong. You don't sit just because they want you to. So I think it was more of a case of, right, what do you actually want me to do? What do you, like, David Backus has been in the league for a long time. I think it was a case of, Look, I'm an older guy. I need you to tell me straight. What do you expect of me? Because it it must be frustrating being sat not knowing what it is you're really doing wrong. Maybe it's just the fact that he's not got the players around him. Maybe that was one of the frustrating reasons that he was saying, look, I'm not playing with NHL-caliber players. Like, what do you want me to do about it? So... Yeah, I I just think it's a case of two guys who are, like you said before, straight shooters and just want a straight answer from each other because maybe they weren't getting it. Yeah, I I look at it as another example of uh, being a player's coach. So I, I, I you know, it's obviously Cassidy's the one who put it forward. They, they're on a better, better page now and Bacchus knows what Cassidy expects from him. Maybe they're... Maybe because he is such a veteran, Cassidy, maybe he assumed, maybe that's why he approached him. He was like, you know what, we need to talk because he felt there was a communication breakdown somewhere. So I see it as only a positive. Like, I know for a fact when Bacchus was in the shootout, you look at Twitter and people lost their freaking minds. And then when he scores the goal, they're like, oh, I love him again. (laughs) It's just, you know, it is what it is. He got robbed in the St. Louis game, but he got 15 minutes of ice time. There's, he didn't play bad. He wasn't hurting the team. His contract sucks, but that's not the player's fault. So we'll see what happens with Coyle. Matt? I think it was a positive, too. And it's definitely Cassidy being a, a player's coach because he's just honest with you. If if you're asking him, hey, what can I do? What can I do better? Like, How do we fix this? He's going to let you know. I think it's honestly the conversation needed to happen because Bacchus has been scratched, I think, four times recently. Yes. And David Bacchus has not been great, obviously. And I think he's obviously frustrated with that because he's a, a veteran guy who's been in this league a while, he's getting paid, what, six, seven million dollars to be not producing anything. So I think Cassidy was just honest with them. He's like, hey, like, you, you aren't producing. But um, I don't know. I think there's no real negatives out of this. There's only, like, having open discussions is always a good thing. Yeah. yeah, it could have also been, like, maybe there were visible signs of frustration from backers. And it was just a case of, right, we sit down and we talk this out. Because, like, that's the best thing to do. If you see someone visibly frustrated with what they're doing and you're meant to be coaching the guy, you you say to him, look, 
like let's sit down let's have a talk away from away from the garden away from the players like let's find out what's actually pissing you off um moving on what do you guys think about Fluto Shinzawa's fumble uh, leading up to an article that he was going to publish a day and a half to, or a day and a day and a half later? Uh, certainly about Zach Senishin and him being not happy with players, you know, getting um, promoted before him and kind of started. I mean, I, I did the whole knee jerk reaction and flipped the uh, the f out myself, but. Um, I just once you hear young kids playing like that, and you know the the ones that need to be playing better in the developmental systems, uh, I wasn't a fan. But then, you know, obviously, you get you get Zach's uh, opinion on it, and that's not exactly what he said. So, um, I love I I'm a big fan of Fluto. I I'm a subscriber to the Athletic, but that was kind of, ugh, woof as uh, as Colt would say. Yeah, I I called this. I'm pretty sure I messaged you two saying that maybe it was just worded wrong. Yeah, you and did. That he was saying he was frustrated with himself. Because there's often times where I try saying that I'm frustrated with myself and make myself look like an absolute tit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I think it's mainly... Tit? Yeah, tit. An <laughs> absolute <laughs> tit. You <laughs> don't... I'll bring out... All right, I'm bringing out the Canadian stuff. Uh, yeah, don't forget we own you. Um, hey, 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 well, used to. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, it's just, it must be frustrating when you've played in Providence for, I think it's two years now that he's been there. And if you look at it this season, uh, Coleman got signed at the beginning of the year and is already on the NHL roster at the moment. Um, that must be frustrating that you know that your game isn't where it needs to be and they've brought in a younger guy who has surpassed you. It, it's got to be frustrating to yourself. And I think the thing with the article is how many people talked about that article when he posted that. Like it's that, huge. That is, the timing not, of it. It's not clickbait. But it's oh, it definitely was. I oh yeah, it yeah. Was... It's generating interest in your article before it's even released. No, like the... I, I I get that, but like yeah. Donato's quote just came out, and then that came out, and it was like oh, yeah. everybody jumped to conclusions that you know. I'm raising my hand. People, that, that's when <laughs> yeah, Mark did, and that's when that list came out. All these under twenty five players, people started jumping on this train, and he is a great reporter, but I I don't think I totally don't think he meant to do the way we're all perceiving it. And yeah. it, and then once it got sent out, he probably looked at it after and went, oh, I can see why people think that. Yeah. Matt, what... I seemed like he got a lot of backlash from it as well. He oh, did. 100%. Oh, yeah. Matt, what are your thoughts on this? Um... for him to comment on. <laughs> you don't have to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, if you don't you want to say it. anything, don't worry about it. Yeah, don't kill I'll your career. Focus more on the the submission part. I don't I don't I haven't really followed his career that much. Do you think he deserved a shot at the Bruins this season? No. No. I and I watch every I watch every Providence Bruins game. I'm a huge submission fan. He he's a player that can fit anywhere in the lineup uh orchestrated by Jay Leach at the AHL level. But I don't see him right now at the NHL level. I think he needs to Continue to mature and t- continue to work. He's got one more full season under his ELC, so there's plenty of opportunities for this to happen. 
And if, if he really wants to make a huge stand, continue to work hard over the summer, come into next season with the expectations that you're going to get a shot, not a full-time role. You're going to get a shot and then go from there. I just think that I don't want to put words, and I'm probably just paraphrasing here. I just, I don't want him to say, well, Jesus, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a first round pick, but you know, you were projected at a second round, even the early third rounds. It was a huge reach, but just continue to work. And, and, and like I said, I just don't like when, when players say stuff like that. It just really bothers me. I mean, you're there, you, you have this great opportunity to be a part of this unbelievable organization. And, and bitching about playing time and so on, it's just, I don't know, it just doesn't do it for me. Now, you know, I talked to my dad about this one. And I asked him, I was like, because I asked him about the whole Donato thing. And that's where I came with the code. And my dad said to me that, yeah, the next time any guy who complains about that and puts it on the media, it's frowned upon huge. It's not just frowned upon by the players. It's frowned upon by the NHLPA. Yeah. They don't like that crap. They don't like yeah. that crap at all. Do you know what his career reminds me of so far? Oh, uh, no. Jordan Caron? The... No. Uh, Zach Hamill? Seth Griffith. <laughs> oh, I'm Jesus. not joking. It is That's the mirror terrible. image of what Griffith did with the Bruins. You like... know what, Rob? You're absolutely right. I, I mean, because if you think about it, Griffith played for the London Knights and the OHL played awesome. So did Zach Zinishin when he played for the Sioux Greyhounds. Yeah, and the guy, all that's been attached to him this whole time is he has an NHL caliber shot. Yep. Like an NHL caliber stride. Yeah, and he's he's fast and he can shoot, and that's what was attached to Seth Griffith, and that made that made everyone think this guy should be in the NHL. He's got the speed, he's got the shot. It's not about the speed and the shot. It's about the whole two hundred foot game. If you can't get back and defend your own zone, and if you can't put up points because Sinishin is that kind of one man army on that line in Providence like if you watch him he goes in on the forecheck but he wants the puck himself it's not it's not like other players where they try and take the puck away and move it straight away he wants to strip the puck and use it straight away and it's difficult to get yourself to the NHL quickly if you're not that like three player line and he is a one man army on that line at the moment and he needs to learn to use his team more that's the only thing that I have with Zach Sinition. he needs to learn to use the players around him a lot better than he is doing it's not even that if you're on the Boston Bruins you need to play defense yeah. oh yeah yeah exactly but the thing is he does have that like he's shown signs that he can play that 200 foot game it, I think the problem is that he doesn't utilize his team. That, yeah, that's the main problem with it. I, I know for a fact the Bruins think more highly of a guy that's not even playing in Providence right now than they do of him. Oh, yeah. It doesn't surprise me. Um, he's, he's playing in the OHL right now. Yeah. Uh, moving on to another topic that Rob wanted to cover. <laughs> uh, who should be the seventh player award this year? Oh, I've got that nailed and... If anyone picks anyone other than this player, I'm gonna hunt you down. Well, you can. <laughs> Thank God, there's a whole lot of water between us. Yeah, like seriously. <laughs> no, it's Wagner. It's gotta be Wagner. He is my spirit Car- answer, but <laughs> career high in goals. The season's not over. The guy kills penalties like a madman. Has trucked the entire NHL. 
has speed to burn is a like a fan favorite coming into this season. Like the guy is everything that the well, no, player was, everybody, asked for. Everybody was saying it was a terrible, ter- terrible pickup. Oh, well, well obviously the guy gonna, is useless. I'm gonna say I love that guy, but I 100% disagree with you. Oh, I think I know who you're gonna pick. Brandon freaking Carlin. Yeah, 100%. You just everything you just said about Wagner, Carlo. Yeah, true. Point. They are. I, I uh, would say Carlo's a beast. The guy's a yeah. beast. Matt, who's your nomination? Well, I had two. Um, I had Brandon Carlo just because the defense carried the Bruins like for the majority of the early season, and Brandon Carlo's been like every bit as important to this team as like any other player. And then That's offensively, got to be. David Krejci, just oh, holding it call. down. Yeah, definitely a good but call, yeah. Either either one of those, I wouldn't be upset. You know, it's, 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 uh, Krejci has had silky mitts all season. <laughs> See, that's the Canadian. But you know, yeah, you know, that. that's you know, my Absolute you, silky mitts. You know what's funny about this whole award is the is – the, it, it seems to cater to the younger player that's trying to make a name for themselves. I mean, Krejci – yeah, Krejci won it not a while ago, passed an act, blah, blah, blah. But it almost seems like those new players that are coming in are the, uh, you know, the fan favorite. So and it would be a surprise if Krejci gets a, an, an accomplishment award like now, that. Now, it is a fan vote. I've tried to change my IP address so I could vote. <laughs> but uh... it's probably going to end up being Jake the Bruce, though. Yeah, it's going to be something stupid. I'm not going to lie. Who won it last year? Uh, oh. McAvoy? Oh. It was McAvoy, wasn't it? Yeah, it, yeah, it was. And, and no yeah. offense, like he people gave him MVP of the game a couple games ago, and I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Like he scored the winner, but that's about it. Did nothing else in the game. I'm like, Come on. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna ask folks. one question for like, everyone. All star games. Ugh. Is uh, no one else really worried every time Carlos near the boards? Like, well, no, he started doing his Bambi thing. He's got a nickname. I'm sure Matt knows this. He's got a nickname with the boys, and they call him Bambi. Yeah, but and... did you not see that last night? He took someone to the boards, and on oh, one foot, on one foot, he like turned, and his entire leg looked like it turned three sixty. And I was like, no, Carlo, <laughs> do not injure yourself right now. He, he fell a lot last game. He hadn't been doing it. I, Matt, I don't think Matt knows this, but we we joked last year that you could have a drinking game with how many times Carlo falls in a game, oh, and because uh, you get hammered. But and he hadn't been doing it all year. And then last night we're watching the game and. Uh, I, I, someone else messaged me on Twitter, like privately, and they were like, "Is your drinking game back up?" I'm like, "I know he's falling all over the place." I'm like, "What the hell's going on here?" I think there was a Falling. divot in the ice behind the net because it wasn't only Carlo that made that fall. Like two more guys fell in exactly the same spot just afterwards. So I think there was a problem he fell with the a lot, ice. Though Carlo fell like, oh yeah, but I mean that main one where he nearly gave up the goal. I think it was. Uh, who was it? Schwartz was chasing him down, and he just—it looked like he just decided to fall flat on his face. It was like a soccer dive, as you call it. All right, uh, guys, we got a couple more before we end the show. Um, Lee Stepniak uh, was on waivers from a PTO in the Providence Bruins. Um, I freaked out, but then, <laughs> but then, seventeen go. minutes later, after my freak out, the Boston Bruins officially. Uh, come out and say that they have um, 
They have signed him for the purpose of placing him or signing him to the AHL Providence Bruins uh, as an insurance policy. So that kind of calmed myself down a little bit because I just thought that there was a couple players, or at least one, I'm not going to say a couple, but at least one player that's really worked hard for it, already signed to a two-way contract and uh, deserves it. He's been working his ass off. Uh, so it kind of got me a little worked up on, on that whole situation, but I'm happy that it's a, it's for a Providence deal. So oh, you're, you're Freddie. You love your friend, Frederick. No. Jordan Schwartz. Schwartz. Oh, yeah. come on. No, I'm sorry. No Career AHLer. I'm sorry. Yeah, but... I, I mean, know you love him. Career AHLer. But he's been playing. He's been care. playing games and not practicing. We're talking about practice here, people. Practice? I'm, not, I'm talking about the NHL. I don't... I know you love your Providence Bruins. But I do. But I'm like, whatever. It is what it is. <laughs> but Jordan you, Schwartz you will, a guy. Not, will not be playing in the NHL. He is, he's a career a... NHL, AHL, and I wish I could be one of those guys. Me too. But Yeah. You don't. You don't matter to me. I wish I could be in the East Coast Hockey League. Jesus. I yeah. I I wish I could play anything. Who's kidding? The thing is, you sign a guy who has 15 years' experience in the league. So uh, does Jordan Swartz, just in the AHL. No, but in the NHL, where it's a I know. huge difference. Otherwise, <laughs> Sanishin would be playing. Right. No. Um, <laughs> the guy has 15 years in the league. Is has done it all. Like he is a good player. In his past, the guy has been practicing with the Bruins all year. Knows how they played. Knows all the like everything that he needs to know. It's not like you're bringing in a depth piece and they've got to learn everything. You've got a guy that knows what he's doing and can come straight into the lineup and play. And <coughs> sign him for nothing against the cap, just for the rest of the season. And well, he's only I there to play. I think someone's out. I think we all want his salary. Just. For the for the the amount he's getting paid for, I'll take six hundred fifty k. I think they paid him. First of all, I think that's the least you can pay someone on a two yeah. way deal. Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> yeah, and did you see? Uh, I hate the Lightning. What happened? Well, they're getting uh, Rasmus Ristolainen from Buffalo. No way. What? Did they uh, give up Sergachev? It doesn't say. It just says. I hate that. God, Tampa. No, I hate when p- tweets go out and you don't. Do the whole thing. Well, no. <laughs> that is, uh, you're the only ones you look at, and when they say something's going to happen... Oh, gonna yeah, happen. it's pretty much going to happen. I know who's going back. I guarantee I know who's going back. Who? It's Slater Cuckoo. Oh, yeah. Jake, it's Jake Dotchin, and it's a fifth-round pick because it's Tampa Bay. And oh, my God. everyone for nothing. Yeah, so true. If you call, oh, if just, you call this, no, I'm going to no, kill no, you. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. Because the Bruins, at the beginning of the season, lost six defensemen in... What about a week? If that happens to Tampa Bay in the first round, I will laugh so hard. I, I don't want laugh. anyone to get injured. Okay, there we go. I don't want anyone to get injured, but it would be funny if they do all this team building, expect to win the cup, and then nope, you're not winning. So, <laughs> so Matt, your opinion? It. So Tampa acquires uh, a, a top four defenseman. Do you think Boston needs to uh, do more now? Regardless, or do you just say, if you're Sweeney, do you say, I got to catch up again? Like, this is pissing me off. This is so tough because if you're, you're going to. Sorry. So the Bruins, they're they're all in probably, right? Would yeah. you say they're. I don't know if landing a huge guy like Stone. I think they're you. all in on him, though. I think they're trying to. I mean, if they do, then, then they got a shot with the way they're playing. If they get Stone 
and they keep this trend up, I honestly think they can give Tampa a run. It's just you, if you have to be so committed, and if it doesn't work out, then you, you just gave up so much assets. Bingo. Yeah. Because Tampa Bay is so freaking good this year, and they just got better. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, why, why are we even, like, doing this right now? Seriously, like, and people are like, because I, I live in Toronto, Matt, and I get, you know, I got to deal with Leaf fans. And they keep people keep telling me, well, it doesn't matter, you know, you should worry about the Leafs. I'm like, you know what? Both the Leafs and the Bruins should be worrying about the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like, who cares? Like, they're they're so worried about Boston here in Toronto. Like, yeah, so worried. Well, here's a, a very plausible scenario. Say the Bruins go all in for a guy like Stone, give up a ton of prospects, picks, maybe even an NHL player, and you get bounced first round by the Maple Leafs, which is a very high possibility because they're. They're two of the best teams in the league, and they're playing first round. Thanks, NHL. I digress. Yeah, I know. Hate it. So, it's it's a very a very slippery slope. You got to balance your future. Like, hey, do I want to give up? Like, very talented prospects, very good picks, maybe even a player, just to lose first round. And let's say I get out of the first round. Oh, sick! We get to play Tampa Bay. We <laughs> can get absolutely bounced in like two seconds by them. But if you're, if you really want to give Bergeron, Tukaras, Chara, like that core, another run at the cup, then I, I guess you got it. You got to go after someone like that because unless, unless you firmly believe that this team right now can, can give Tampa a run, then you got to get someone like, yeah, you, you should be worried about Tampa, not Toronto, and it sounds terrible. You shouldn't look ahead, but... I've just had a crazy thought. What if this Stempniak signing is him getting traded to somewhere for Stone? One for one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God! Hold on, did Peter Shirelli just get hired? I know! Oh, That's Peter Shirelli with an uh, English accent. <laughs> yeah. Um, NHL insider Rob Tomlin. Real quickly... Real quickly, wrapping up here, uh, let's talk about uh, the trade deadline, which ends at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time tomorrow, which would be Monday the 25th. Um, <laughs> I know, but uh, I, I need to know, is there anybody that you guys are looking for? Uh, rumors are Panarin, Simmons, and all that jive, Stone, I mean, and we already covered that. But uh, do you guys see another move coming, or is this pretty much it? I really still wonder if... Stone goes somewhere other than the Bruins. Do the Bruins kind of go after Kovalchuk? I know you're going to lose your shit, but... Oh, come on, Rob. Like, just... Well, I nearly made it. Stop <laughs> it. Um, Jesus, you're disgusting. Yeah. Do you, like, do you see that as a good sign-in? As no. a guy? If you... But if no. you put him around a guy like no. Pasternak no. and... David Krejci. No. No. <laughs> no. But then no. you go after Tyler Toffoli. Yep. So you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna tell me you're you'd rather have Kovalchuk and then have to deal with trying to sign McAvoy and Carlo next year and say, well, we got Kovalchuk though. But my <laughs> thing is, I think they go after a guy for the second line. Yeah. They yeah. move uh, Debrus down to the third line. So your third line is Debrus, Coil, and Bacchus. Because that adds the scoring depth by putting DeBrus down on the third line. Like, I I think that's what they go after. Maybe they go after that left wing. Maybe they go after a guy like Zuka from Minnesota. 
Jeez, you just throw out the whole NHL while you're at it. I know. Well, R- Rob, what you're doing is you're pretty much pushing Jack Stanika to play a full season in the AHL, which I'm not a- totally against. Yeah, I know. I, well, I want him back. He's going to – I, I – I'll tell you this, and I, I've heard he might be, uh, he might be. They they predict he's going to have a fight for a roster spot next year. Oh, I guarantee it. I mean, just and, uh, ask my ask Matt. I mean, he was so close. I mean, we were right there. He was so close to making it this year. Yeah. Well, I I was told by somebody that uh, he didn't know what he'd already. They'd already made the decision before they went to China, but they let him go right um, for the experience. But they'd already made the decision that he wasn't making the club. Matt, thoughts on trades? Um, the more I think about it, I don't think they're going to make a huge splash before the deadline. That's just a gut read. I don't have any like facts to back that up. But they made their first move real early, and then Sweeney came out and said that they might not make any other moves. Um, so if they do make a, a move, I think it would be something smaller. I, for some reason, I, I don't think they're willing to give up assets. And uh, just to touch on your Stanika point, I'm a huge fan. I think the guy's awesome. Stud. He's yeah, a he stud. Yeah. yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, and I know, I know for a fact, like they, they really think highly of him. But like, if you're looking at it, I, I think they are going to try to get Stone. But I think Stanika's a, a no go. And you know, maybe Plan B is Hoffman. But oof. I don't think they want to get. You say oof, but he's better than what we have. Not wolf as in don't do it. Like whoa, I mean that's that, that's a I, big I'm asset. I think it's Florida, right? Like you look at Hoffman, or you got to look at Florida. You got to look at teams that are willing to to move assets right now, and a team like Florida who needs to get some some cap space because they are going to be bringing in. You know the rumor is, and I think where there's smoke, there's fire. They're going after Bobrovsky and Panera next year. And, oh yeah. yeah. So. They need to open up space. Now, Hoffman is an expendable guy that won't cost you like the world. Like, Tzingo made sense of not going for. After I saw his Corsi numbers, oh, like, I want nothing to do with that guy. I don't understand even how he has the goals. Right. But uh, maybe it's somebody there. Maybe it's maybe it's the guy we're not talking about. Oh, you know, Sweeney's uh, a smart guy. Oh, Sweeney's a very oh, smart guy. Maybe ooh, there's a plan B. Ooh, plan uh, B. I think. Go ahead, Robin. I got to get, get this out. I think... Don Sweeney waits till the last second till teams are like, actually, we don't want that guy. And then just swoops in and goes, see this shiny second round pick? Boom, there you go. <laughs> um, I, he did it, didn't he do it last year? Didn't he? Yeah, Straff, uh, no, Stafford. Stafford, yeah, he picked him great up for like up. a fourth. Was yeah, great pickup. I don't think it was even that. I think it was a six, something like that. Um, Crazy. <laughs> this is this tweet. This is the tweet of the century, and it made oh, me God. it made me laugh Jesse? so much. Jesse? No, no, right. I'm not reading his tweets. Um, <laughs> at the, <laughs> this was to at the Don Sweeney, which I guarantee is not Don Sweeney. It's a parody account, but it, <laughs> it is funny anyway. But it, <laughs> did anybody else see this? I don't know. You haven't read it no. yet. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, I just didn't want to like, oh, I've already seen that. But, but uh, how does Peter Solarik, <laughs> Joachim Nordstrom, and a 2023rd and fourth I've rounder sound for Edmonton Oilers left wing Milan Lucic? <laughs> oh, come on. How about no? <laughs> how about this? This is obviously a person that wants to get somebody in, uh, you know, that can't get out of the big bad Bruins, uh, you know, Stone Age. And, and honestly thinks that, oh, we need this rough guy. Well, let me tell you something, buddy. Connor McDavid, the face of the NHL, is getting his ass beat in Edmonton. And guess who's not doing anything? Milan Lucic. So, 
Sorry, your your point is hey, not taking here, sir. Question for you, Matt, because I'm sure you guys have like inside jokes and such, and you can't share those. But do you guys think that there's a burner account with this hockey club? Because like it seems that it's coming out. Like every professional sports team has a burner account. Like the Leafs got caught with one this year. Like, do you think Boston does have one? And we're joking about it, but maybe they do. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I, I mean, I feel like everyone like has one at this point but because the least I've, I've, I've never really thought about it but it's a possibility I mean, it, it was funny like the Leafs one like if you if you started going into it it was like all the dirty laundry was right there and it was like oh okay yeah. what is that account anyway was that Kyle Dubas's eyebrows no it oh. was a it, it, it wasn't it wasn't Dubas it was a scout oh had account. he's no longer with the hockey club that's all I gotta say that does not surprise me it's hilarious. Like you read the tweets and you're like, "Holy shoot!" Yeah, when you find out that it's real, and you're like, like, "I'm sure, oh, I'm sure, damn. Matt and his colleagues know things they will never know. They hear things, and it's like you can't repeat that." And they're like, "Okay," and that's how you gain trust with the, the organization. But I'm sure there's things Matt knows that we'll never know that almost happened or did happen that never get out. I'll keep your secrets, Bruins, if you let me in the door. No. <laughs> I'm with no, that. I wonder no if that one was. Believes an Englishman, so. I wonder if that. Do. I wonder if that Maple Leafs uh, burner account was uh, happened to be run by Jimmy Vesey's father. <laughs> oh, someone Bruins guy <laughs> put out today. It was like, hey, Jimmy Vesey might be coming back to Bruins. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Oh, for God! So there we go. I don't think. Did you ever see the uh, video of all the Bruins going past Jimmy Vesey when they scored a goal saying you chose the wrong team? <laughs> oh, Marshan still. Like, yeah, I think that's Marshan. like the highlight of the season. That's got to have an article. The Marshan to Tory Krug. Like, that is a highlight of the season. They're Twitter battles. Yeah, but uh, that was insane that five guys all passed Jimmy Vesey and just went, you picked the wrong team. And then just <laughs> scared on past him. They're in a rebuild oh. now. Kevin Hayes, the best is he went to that team because his best buddy is Kevin Hayes. If he gets traded, that's the most hilarious thing ever. And he's left on his own. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe they're sharing. I believe they live together, too. Yeah, that's what I said. Have a condo by yourself. Uh, Well, (laughs) that is it. Matt, I got a question for you. Um, I know you're an up and coming Bruins writer, and you do a fantastic job over at BruinsDaily.com, run by Tim Rosenthal, another fantastic writer. But I got to ask you when you make big media, when you cross that that threshold and i'm throwing a little marvel comic in here i think I, he already is in that threshold just throwing it and i'm not a comic guy i'm not you know all this stuff, but you got to call yourself the publisher <laughs> come on matt castle come on you of all people who hates fantasy and hates all superhero stuff i've been thinking about that for a freaking week now rob <laughs> Think about it, Rob. We can now talk about Game of Thrones. No, no, it's no. Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah, Star Wars. And by the way, that's still a bet. If the Bruins do win the Stanley Cup, I am to watch every episode during the off season and have proof of doing it. So remember I'm that. Going to watch every Star Wars film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, hey, hey when I'm down there, Mark, you, three weeks. you know, uh, Pax East is going on when I'm in Boston. You want to come with me? It's a video game thing. It'd be fun. I, you know what? I probably would. <laughs> should do it just to get the experience <laughs> hey i'm gonna go there my wife my wife was like hey we should go i'm like you realize i'm just gonna go there and play video games right? okay. Let's do this uh, See, everything good happens when i'm not there <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> all right guys we're gonna wrap this up um uh matt 
uh, Castle, thank you so much for joining us. I hope to see you very soon. Uh, hopefully you get a game this year um, up there on the ninth floor. If not, I hope to see you again this uh, this summer during the development camp and, and training camp as a guest uh, press member. So thank you, Matt. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Matt underscore Castle 22. Um, thanks again, dude. This is really awesome. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. I had an awesome time. Uh, this was a lot of fun. So appreciate you having me on the show, and I'll see you shortly, hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, th- th- thank you for putting up for mine and Rob's opinions. I know they're terrible, but uh, yeah. I, I will I will be up on the ninth floor, so I'll wave to you for my free booze and my free food. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I'm, like, right across from you guys. I can see hags the whole time. And then I joked when I was with Mark. I'm like, I should bring, like, a laser pointer. And just, like, <laughs> Oh, anytime I see him like getting his phone to send a terrible tweet, I'm like, <laughs> but uh, Rob, thank you so much. Court, thank you so much. Everybody listening, thank you very much for the continued support. Remember, Seat Giant for any of the games that are coming up on the six game homestand. Um, use promo code BNGP, save yourself a little money. Um, and that's it. Thanks again, uh, everybody. And we'll be back next week, hopefully, without these, uh, you know. The trade, big trade. We didn't lose a ton, but we'll see what happens, and we'll report about it next week. So it's, take care. It's okay, Mark. It's okay. I know it Cold is. Cold joke. Cold. Uh, Rob, right. honestly, if that happens, I will get on a plane and slap you upside the head. <laughs> I don't. I'm not comfortable. Ah, you said it. Stop. You said it. You said coil. That happened. You said Kovalchuk, well, and we get that, and we like. Oh my like god. Our, oh, you're dead. You're dead. I'm like the Bruins dangle. I'm jinxing the <laughs> hell out of us. Yeah, start making some videos. We'll make you eat a pepper live on air. I don't mind. Oh, that was awesome. That was so awesome. Uh, anyway, thank you, Matt. Thank you, Court. And thank you, Rob, as always. Uh, we, we appreciate it. So we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's show. You can follow the guys on Twitter at Black and Gold 277, at Court Lalonde, and at Rob Forty Bruins. You can also send us an email to the show's account at blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com.